You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 19th of December, 2013, and uh, well, this is our last live show of the year. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO over there in Victoria, British Columbia, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Meeting in Toronto, Ontario. Dave, happy Christmas. How you doing, bro? And to you too, sir. I am doing, uh, I'm feeling very jolly. <laughs> well, I, I read in the show notes that you're like you're you're dressed as a big green elf, a freaking buddy elf. I, I am, yeah. The only the only thing I can't I can't put on though I can't put on the wig and the hat yet because you know I got a headset for the show. <laughs> but of course, of course. Um, okay, I've got that. We're on radio, so the uh, the audience I'm afraid can't see Dave dressed as freaking buddy the elf. But um, you can get a metal picture. <laughs> um, it'll take a while to wash that out of my head. <laughs> it's it's Christmas time. It is so. I mean, in the tech industry, it feels like Christmas time. My email hasn't moved all day. I feel like Dave. Dave this is like the drive time show for the entire tech industry's year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything kind of. Uh... You know, I'll be in the office. I'm sure you will, too, because things still need to get done. But you're right. As far as, like, emails coming in and stuff like that, it really uh, – the whole week has, has pretty been, much been like that, right? Everybody was rushing, getting ready for um, for Christmas. But now, at this point, even the shipping uh, for a lot of companies is, is over with, stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it, it calms down. I, I view it as, like, the calm uh, before the storm. Everybody get ready. You know, get all your year-end crap up now because as soon as uh, – as soon as January hits, 
you know, it starts again, and then you're dealing with springtime, uh, kind of get, uh, focusing and uh, and getting the testing and uh, and redesigns done for that. So, absolutely, which is why we do inventory this time of year. Hey, hey everyone, how many computers are on your desks? <laughs> I want a full report by noon, or well, whenever. Um, <laughs> You know, because I'm out of here at noon, so, you know, sometime in early January, it'd be great. Yeah, um, you're on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, you know, as I said, this is like drive time for, for the year 2013. We are the, you know, probably the first of a slew of the last of the live shows of the year on the network. And, uh, you know, it's obviously it's a good time to do a review, and I suppose a good place to start would be an article that actually, actually, well, you wrote, you put into uh, into Search Engine Watch earlier today. Did Google help or hurt SEO in 2013? Which is pretty much a review of Google in 2013. <laughs> now, with 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 any good view review of Google over a year, you you know you're, you're good enough to go back into the past, into 2012, and to take us into 2014, where you see it going. But you know to 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 make a Fairly long article, short. Did it or didn't help us? Did, did, was, um, I, I think it helped. Like, and, and why? It's funny. When I started to write the article, it was going to be a focus on, okay, let's look at 2013 and go forward. And I was like, 2013 and what they did relied so much on 2012. There just wasn't a way of doing it. Um, because everything they were doing in 2013 was building on 2012. So, um, you know, sort of a, a response to, hey, you know, laying out the framework of going, 2012 was the year of hell. Right. Like it, it just kind of was they were throwing brand new stuff at us. They were, you know, sending out, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, unnatural links. You know, it was just devastating for uh, for a lot of SEOs. Um, and so you, you sort of looked at that. But looking at, you know, that was the, inter- you know, pandas, penguins were all kicking around and uh, and kicking people where it hurts. Um but then you watched through 20, uh, 2013 um, and, and sort of watched how each thing did. And, and it was interesting while I was writing it going, okay, let's go month by month and let's look at all the major news events they were doing and let's look at all the major algorithmic changes. And it's like, right, it was a very, very different year. It felt like a continuation, but it wasn't. 2012 was like, here's where we tear off the Band-Aid. Um, you know, whereas 2013 was a little more... Okay, you know, you all know the rules now. Here's where we refine it to, you know, the collateral damage and, um, you know, introduce hummingbirds so that, you know, you can see, you know, we're, we're getting much more into conversational search and, and basically setting the framework forward. And it's funny, while I was doing it, and I don't know if you remember, um, you know, elementary school and high school, you know, I've tried to wipe it a lot from my brain, but I remember um, there being this. You know, one year you would just get hit and your your grades might go down a little bit or you'd have to work twice as hard. Usually my grades went down a little bit, um, you know, because it was all new stuff. And then, you know, the next year it would be this like, OK, and now we're refining that like onslaught of information. You know, OK, we've just taught you algebra. Now we teach you how it applies. Right. That that sort of back and forth. And I think this was more the the calming year, the like. Okay, you know, Google had to tear off a bunch of band-aids, hurt a bunch of people, but now you know the rules, and here's where we refine that and and, and start to adjust, um, you know, ourselves and and what we're doing in the algorithms a little more, you know, tweaking pandas and penguins and introducing, um, you know, the hummingbird update. But you know, even it was a little more focused at, you know, it was like caffeine in a way, where it was more focused at at changing the way the engine works, not really the rules by which you would rank on it. I mean, of course, there's there's you know, 
both sides to to both caffeine and uh, and hummingbird and you know whatever Florida. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was really really a, an interesting sort of calming. I think it was great for SEOs because there was that stability. It was Google sort of coming in like a parent and going. I know you don't like these rules, but these are the rules. And now you're seeing the stability and you're seeing all we're doing right now is really just pushing and refining and, and solidifying these rules in your brain. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, 2012 was kind of the year where, where Google's technology caught up and they were able to go, okay, that stuff we've been saying that you kind of had to ignore or sort of laugh at us for saying because it didn't work. Now it does. Right. Mm-hmm. The rules that we've outlined, they work now. If you're a spammer, you're going to be gone. You know, if you know, you're using duplicate content or spinners or you know, mass link acquisition strategies, they're gone now. Um, you know, so it, it was nice to see that, that consistency. And I think they've really locked down some, some good and, and heading into 2014. Um, you know, it's, it's clear. I, I didn't include this in the article because I wasn't able to, to really fine-tune it, but I'm sure you and I both see it, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, if not all, um, that hummingbirds gonna gonna adapt. I mean, Christine, uh, you know, your friend of mine, Christine Schackinger, um, have argued often about the merits of of hummingbird. I like it. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept it's not good yet, and that's her argument too. But going, it's a good idea. They just, you know, as you and I have heard before, it's hard to build a search engine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's one of those cases of you know, okay, it, it's not great. This is a first iteration. You know, it, it needs to be tweaked to to adapt. But um, I, I think the idea is is really really good, um, and and so that sort of drives the mentality when we're heading into twenty fourteen. We all know mobile's important. Conversational search. Am I ever going to do it from my desktop? No. So what is Google's wrapping an entire massive biggest in twelve years algorithm change around something that doesn't involve your desktop? Um, and to me, that that sort of highlights the it's all going going that way. Um, we we know it, but it's it's getting a, a lot more um, in that angle, and, and Google's building entire engines now. Um, around just mobile. So I, I think 2014 is going to be another year algorithmically of some stability and the, like, I sit down at my computer, enter a query. Um, you know, am I going to see some consistency as an SEO and how I would, you know, help sort of guide, let's say, rather than manipulate, which I typically <laughs> use, guide what's going to appear. Um, I, I think we're going to see more stability in the area of mobile and, and as I mentioned in the article, in acquisitions. I think we're going to see a lot of acquisitions uh, my prediction is in the area of entertainment, gaming, um, television, stuff like well, that. So, something Sorry. I noticed about something I noticed about your piece. Um, in all of it, there's no mention of the role of Google Plus. Right. Remember, remember in 2012, Google Plus was going to be the most important thing. You got to get your profile set up. You got to get into their authorship. Is going to uh, directly uh, affect rank and affect your career long into the future, etc. Yeah, um, you you want to be in local? Got to be in Google Plus, right? How much effect do you think Google Plus has had on the Google environment uh, throughout 2013? You know, that's a great question and a really hard one to answer, isn't it? Because it's <laughs> there's so much involved with Google Plus. Like your your default answer is I've got a company page. It's linked to my site. Um, you know, and, and that's that's kind of it. Maybe plus ones tossed into the mix there, and we can talk about correlation and causation is like a stupid statement in uh, in, in 2013. But um, you know, Google Plus is so much bigger than that that it's really hard to tackle, right? I mean, it's Google Plus is how you comment on YouTube. Google Plus is how you get your business listing, and of course, all these things are important, especially getting your business listing, right? Like that's if you're local, 
you know, yes, you need Google Plus. I don't think there's a, a debate about that. Uh, but to me, when it got into those more minute details um, about Google Plus, things like Relic was author, which I know we're going to chat a little bit about later in the show, mm-hmm. uh, or getting your, you know, using Google Plus to get your localization. To me, those weren't really massive changes. They were more a consolidation of information, um, yeah. right? There, there was Google Places. There was, you know, I mean, there, there were already ways to sort of lock down your location. Um, you know, I mean, if I had to make a change, but I tie it to Hummingbird that I think is really going to impact that I didn't get into too much in, in the article. Um, Rookie Schema was, was a big one through, uh, through 2013, but that's still sort of a, a wait and see. And I think the people that know that it's important are using it. The people that don't know, they're not going to because an article like this tells them to. They're going to because they read a bunch of stuff on Schema and its importance in um, you know, e-commerce or in events or in um, you know, adding additional information to improve image search and, and things like that or, or video. But, uh, but that becomes sort of... That's a sort of a side tangent that I, you know, you or I, or you know, you'd have to sit down and go, all right, you know, whoever you're writing for in this case, you know, Danny over at Search Engine Watch hat tip to Danny. By the way, you know, I got a ten thousand word piece here <laughs> on the importance of of something like schema, but that's not really a new role. It just sort of gained some ground because of the Hummingbird update. It was already there. It was already important. Um, but it, it sort of gained some ground, and, and with the enhancement, and this is where I talked about in the article, with the enhancement of the knowledge graph, ski came in a little more important um, because they're starting to take snippets, and we're seeing it. We're seeing where snippets mm-hmm. are being used. So, okay, if they're drawing snippets, on my link side and social side, I need to build authority, and then on my website, I need to make sure that I've got the information encapsulated for Google to understand. It is a snippet. You can take just this piece of information and apply it. Um, so before bouncing to our next topic, I just want to bounce this off of you. Um, I would suggest that Google plus is a lot like how you described 2012. Google is implement is implementing a number of, um, how's the right way to say it? Well, Google plus is an identity engine as much as it is a a social network, et cetera. We've said this a million times. I read, in February, in your, in your report here on Google, in February, the first active real-world users of Google Glasses appeared, or Google Glass appeared. Yes. Um, Google Glass ties into your Android, which ties into your G Plus accounts, which ties into just about everything there is about you. Um, I would suggest that SEOs and, 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 and online marketers have to watch the integration of all identifiable pieces of data about the individual as a marketing opportunity, not necessarily for 2014, but certainly for 2015 and beyond. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know who I know is salivating right now um, is, is paid marketers. And I know I'm not a specialist in paid marketing. Like that's not my, you know, you all pick your, your main thing. I love organic. <laughs> like that's, that's my main thing. Um, but I'm really, really excited for what this means for paid. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head is once they can get me, in, and if I'm right on, on the types of companies they're going to be acquiring um, through 2014, once I can tie a user, an individual to, well, I know where they go because they've got an Android. I know what they, what they do on their desktop, and I know what their query is, and I know, you know what movie they watched because, you know, and, and again, this is just, 
if if I'm right in, in the predictions, you know, that, that they'll, you know, sort of launch a little more into the entertainment side because that seems to be the one real weakness that they have right now, mm-hmm. um, other than, you know, Android, you know, Google um, Play and, and stuff I mean, like that. I mean, they, they've tried to do that so many times. Uh, Google's tried to jump into it. We'll see what happens. I'm not sure if, I, I'm not sure if I'm buying the entertainment bit just because they've fallen on their face so many times, three, four times you know what? before I, trying to do that. I, I, I thought of that, too, and then I'm like, you know what, and then they did with Wave, and then they, you know, yep, yep dust yep, themselves absolutely. off and back they go. Um, they've just done mm-hmm. it wrong. <laughs> um, and, 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 and Google can admit that they 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 can say yeah this initiative seemed like a good idea but we were wrong let's do it again I mean let's try it this way right and then I mean on the next one there's no real debate I think anymore um, you know and I was I was a naysayer of sorts on the Google Plus side when it launched um, I don't think there's any naysayers anymore to that is this a worthwhile endeavor for Google I don't think anybody says no. Um, is it you know? Is it going to replace Facebook? I, I don't think there's anybody that says yes. <laughs> but um, well, I don't know. I mean, I've been watching my Facebook feed, and I think this is another uh, worthy story as a big tech story of uh, 2013. Is the number of changes in how information is shared and provided amongst a distributed group via Facebook? Mm-hmm. It used to be that I would log on to Facebook and I would see views that drove me up the wall, that made the the hair on the back of my neck stand up and got my fingers going at 100 miles an hour. I don't see those views anymore. They're gone. Right. Right. Facebook, in fact, has become, to me, a liberal echo chamber, which, you know, is kind of wonderful on one side because I don't get pissed off anymore. But... I am losing views that I might disagree with, but I might learn from. Um, and that, that that's made, for me at any rate, Facebook a less interesting environment. Um, you're, you're completely right. I mean, on, on, that, on that count. But to me, I think like as a, you know, as me, um, I view pros and cons and, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I end up in a lot less engaging conversations. Um, in, in the new Facebook, you know, going to where it is now versus where it was, say, a year ago. Like mm-hmm. you, I end up with a lot less that gets me emotional or charged or, or anything like that because I see a lot less and they are, you know, filtering. And, and Google's going the same direction, filtering to placate, right? It's like, show me the stuff from the people that I talk to a lot. Well, I talk to them a lot because we're all similar. You know, you and I would chat more on Facebook than, than me and, and a lot of other people. Um because our views tend to be more or less similar. We, you know, we argue a lot about, about individual points, but overall, you know, we'll, we'll agree on a lot of stuff. Um, but the thing was, what made it interesting was engaging in those arguments. And they may be with random people, so they're, they're not being viewed as my favorites because I don't communicate a lot with them. But I really liked those arguments that I did have, right, about politics or, you know, whatever. It, it gets off topic. Um, one of the perks, however, I think is I'm able to whip through it a lot faster, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's eating up less of my day. That's bad for Facebook, of course, uh, but it is a perk to me. Is it's like okay, it, it really just is the people I'm most prone to um, to talk to, and it's even filtering what they're sending me, right? Like I'm having to go in a lot more and go, crap, you know. Like I, I'm interested in what you know Simon Hesseltine has to say. Okay, I'm going to add him as like one of my close friends, so that now I'll get a notification when he posts something because you know sometimes it's just related to Doctor Who. 
you know, still good stuff, but you know, not necessarily work related. Um, but other times it's like some great insight because he manages massive websites and I, you know, yeah, I, I can say I too. And some of the sites are fairly sizable. I'm sure some of yours are too, but we're not in the same scope of size. Here. So, um, you know, it's like, sorry. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, so that, that, you, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Simon's name. This year, I got to moderate twice: once in Toronto, once in Chicago. Panels talking about you know working with large websites, where where Simon basically was was the dude, you know, he was the guy you came to listen to. Um, so, uh, uh, Simon, thanks for the insights, brother. Um, remark remarkable insights. Yeah, no, he's he's a great, great, great source of information. For anybody who doesn't know, look him up, follow him on Twitter, Simon Heseltine. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he, he puts out a lot of gems, and even the stuff that's just completely off the SEO or marketing topic, even that's kind of fun if you're a nerd. Yes. <laughs> so. um, you know what? It's uh, 20 past the hour. It's an opportune time to take a break here on, here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We're going to be coming back talking about a whole bunch of top tech stories from, uh, from 2013. Everything from Edward Snowden to stuff that's not provided to Twitter's IPO to, uh, um, 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 you know, breaking Stammer's spirits for Christmas. All sorts of fun stuff. Stay tuned, friends. Back on Webcology after these messages. Type and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs, and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link-builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. 
Hi, it's James Martell here. I'm here with my wife, Arlene, and we'd like to wish you all a, a very Merry Christmas and a very, very prosperous New Year. And I'd like to wish everybody very happy holidays and hope that you get to spend some time with your friends and family this season. From WebmasterRadio.fm, happy holidays! <laughs> Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 19th of December, 2013, and good King Matt Cuts went out on the search for spammers. <laughs> Actually, that's as far as I read. That's as far as I got. I can't write any further. But apparently, I mean, this was this this was the story of the day, written by Barry Schwartz, because we got to get his name in every week. Written by Barry Schwartz, uh, published at Search Engine Land yesterday. Was that seriously? This was my favorite story of the week, just because I got this like this this um, Arnold Schwarzenegger voice in the back of my head. Matt cuts on Google search spammers. We want to break their spirits. We want to send them <laughs> running across the snow-covered servers, uh, lamenting, gnashing their teeth. We want to rape their cattle and dine with their women. That's what that's uh, paraphrasing Matt Cuts. Matt Cuts. Um, what he actually said in a, and I gotta, I gotta tell you, how do these guys get two hours with Matt Cuts and we can't get five minutes? But anyway, in a two-hour-long interview with iTwit, or I'm sorry, on the Twit Network. Yo, studio, how do they get two hours? We can't get five minutes. We talk about them all the time. Anyway. We, haven't, uh, we haven't asked to book him in a while, and the last couple of times he just says he's been too busy. I think we're scared, too. It's kind of like being bashful <coughs> or something. You've got to be persistent. you got to keep at these guys. Well, he also likes his, his YouTube uh, route to like answer questions, too. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, maybe we could send him the heads of a couple spammers to make him happy. Maybe their hearts, <laughs> like, if you know. UPS ships that stuff, right? Anyway, Matt Cuts has had it. He is clearly wants to destroy spammers. To, uh, well, to quote him directly, and again, this is uh, Barry's transcription of a direct quote Matt, of Matt Cuts on video. If you want to stop spam, the most straightforward way to do it is to deny people money because they care about the money, and that should be their end goal. But if you really want to stop spam, it's a little bit mean. But what you, what you want to do is sort of break their spirits. <laughs> there are lots of Google algorithms specifically designed to frustrate spammers. Some of the things we do is give people a hint their site will drop, and then a week or two later, the site actually does drop. So they get a little bit more frustrated. So hopefully, and we've seen this happen, people step away from the dark side and say, hey, you know what? That was so much pain and anguish and frustration. Let's just stay on the high road from now on. Now, again, that's a really polite way to say rape your cattle and dine with your women. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought, I mean, you know, you got to just take things for what they are. Um, 
I appreciated it. Uh, I I found it just a, a great a great quote. I, I'm sure you do too. And I love to see. I mean, there, he's getting a little more um, ballsy lately um, in, in the way he's wording things. Um, and I'm I'm really quite enjoying it. It's like, yeah, good. Just 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 call a spade a spade, right? Like what you want to do. We know this. You're launching out penalties. You're you're devaluing things. And and when you do get penalized, the the results are so outstandingly severe and takes so long to recover from yeah yeah you 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 this is exactly what you're doing so good for you matt for coming out <laughs> and saying yeah we're trying to just make you scared um and if you do go this route as he calls it exactly we want to break your spirit <laughs> just make it too painful to do you remember you remember those weightlifting ads in the back of comic books where like the the ninety nine pound weakling would get sand kicked in his face by the big bully? Yep. That was Google back in two thousand and six. They were the ninety nine pound weakling getting sand kicked in their face and now they've gone and done that bed wielder workout stuff and they're all strong and muscular and Matt Cutts is now sitting there going, Come on, bring it on, bring it on, baby. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny, and we're and we're watching, and they're getting targeted, right? Like just with like a, oh, we, we don't like your network, <laughs> and and we're gonna call you out, we're gonna name who you are, and uh, now you're gone. Well, that's that's <laughs> three major link networks in the last what? Uh, I know there was two le- two major networks in the last two weeks, and I think three in the last month. Yeah. Now um, I gotta I got I gotta ask. What makes these link networks think they're so stealthy in the first place? A link refers a visitor or a spider from one document to another. When that referral is made, it's recorded, right? Like, yep. um, query or uh, yeah, query or, or user identity went from A to B. It happened. Um, what makes them think they're so darn invisible? Well, and one, and you know, to the to the point, and, and you know, based on or, or my comments about Matt getting like right out there, open and honest, um, when the the latest one, Anglo Rank, um, you know, he tweets out right after exact quote in quotes from Anglo Rank, uh, there are absolutely no footprints linking the websites together. End quote with Matt's added three words, oh Anglo Rank, <laughs> like, and and now like basically uh, we know. We're, we're we're calling you out, and uh, by the way, now it's it's gone, right? Like just making it so painful, and, and making it so visible, and really showing like an odd sense of humor. Like let's face facts, you you gotta and okay, you you not so much because when you got your start in SEO, you were actually working for an SEO company, and 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 you know working that way. So okay, maybe you didn't go to the dark side quite so much. I got my my start in. Um, in affiliate marketing, you know, back in like 2000. So <laughs> slightly different strategies being used, shall we say. Um, and I mean, you know, I've, I've had sites, ban- I, you know, I had one go from page rank five back then to zero traffic going from, you know, many, many hundreds a day down to like 12. <laughs> and, and as, as is, I appreciate the sort of tongue in cheek. It's like, you know, and and I didn't begrudge Google for it, and I didn't. I got cocky. I made stupid calls, and and now my site went you know went from thousands a month to like two hundred. <laughs> like you know, you got to face it. And I appreciate the sort of tongue in cheek. You were trying to screw with us. We're trying to screw with you. Um, we win. 
right? Like, just just call it. <laughs> like, you know, you're 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 wrong. You you tried, and you know, I mean, I'm sure Matt doesn't personally begrudge them for trying. Um, but at the end of the day, it's his job, and just to come out and go, oh, Anglo, right? Like, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Um, I, I think he's getting a little punchy, or, or maybe uh, you know had a had a couple uh, sips of eggnog right before uh, tweeting <laughs> and and having that interview. But um, I, you know, I, I appreciate that sort of you know if you're a spammer, you gotta accept that's what they're doing, and you know it's not personal. It's just they need a good engine, and and you're trying to get money faster and easier. Oh, you know, both of you are doing your own jobs, but their job is to beat you, and you gotta accept that. My 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 little hummingbird analyzer here says it accepts your description as punchy stronger than my description as pugnacious. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just said it's pugnacious, but that is hummingbird unfriendly. <laughs> okay, so um, you know we we, we talked about it. I I was going to say hummingbird is one of the top tech stories, but. We're uh, halfway through the show. We've talked about Hummingbird a little bit. I'm, I'm sure we're going to touch on it uh, a little bit more in the show. Um, what do you think about the not provided stuff? I mean, that was that was a huge story in the uh, beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Oh, it sure was. Um, and I jumped right on that bandwagon of hatred. <laughs> that sort of like, how dare you take my data? This is my data. You have it. I, you know, that that sort of, you know. This sucks. I use this, and why are you taking it away? Um, you know, petulant child. Like you, um, and, and I think like a lot of webmasters, at least people who, well, you were forced to, um, you find your new metrics, right? You yeah. go, well, okay, I don't have that anymore. And what I found, and I'm sure you have too, and, and a lot of webmasters have, is it's forced me to go into areas that, yeah, I knew they were there. Yeah, I went to them. But now I have to go there all the time. And you glean additional information that you might not have in an aggregated month-end review kind of kind of look at analytics, but more in a like, okay, I got to be here really regularly because this is my core metric now. Like when rankings change, I need to see what happens. These are now my my core metrics are different. It's what landing pages and things like that. Um, to me, at the end of the day, while as much as I may have personally been been privately not on the radio swearing about it. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I, I actually really like the move. Um, I found it made me better at doing my job uh, in not being able to rely on, on this core thing. Like ranking reports, I, I, I'm, I'm giving you in, in on that one to you, too. I, I held on to them for a long time. But you know, over time, it's like, no, it's gotten too diverse. And now if I can just abandon those as my core metric and start looking at traffic and what it's doing. And, and, you, know, when you show when you show key improvements in traffic or when you can like demonstrate the traffic funnel to your client, that is that's infinitely more impressive than ranking stats, eh? For most. I mean you know what, and I'm sure you have them too, where you've got your clients who've been around for years and years and it's like, you know, trying to educate them now on, you know, because it took me a while and I'm doing this, you know, constantly every day. And it took me a while to sort of go, oh, okay, screw it. Now I can see the superiority, but going back going, okay, those ranking reports are, you know, they're being run out of Philadelphia, you know. <laughs> but your client base and search base is all out of, you know, whatever location you're from. So these are completely irrelevant. I know you're seeing, you know, red arrows pointing down, but when I go into your location, I'm actually seeing great improvement because we're focusing more on, on your, your, your location. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it can take a while to, to sort of educate your clients and, and get them converted. Um, and that was another thing that I, I really did like to see when the um, – when it went to not provide it is this 
okay, but you know, just going to Cole's note or, or, or to the to the total baseline, it's like, well, I know you're seeing whatever, like a you know, your, your ranking went down to from position X, but okay, clearly that's not the case because let's look at your traffic, <laughs> and it's up twenty six percent. So, you know, let's. This is actually you don't you know if I got more traffic and I'm sure you do if I got more traffic in position 23 than I did in position two or three I'd be targeting 23 I don't actually care about my ranking I want the traffic it gives me um, so I, I think in in some ways even that sort of helped that's explained to our clients you know they even removed this that's really showing us um, that these aren't the metrics anymore um, that what we need to look at is traffic and user patterns and making sure we're providing good content and absolutely. Um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, at the end of the day, um, I do think it uh, it ended up helping us as as SEOs, sort of by reinforcing what they're they've been telling us and what we're needing to tell our clients now, and giving us another like, hey, and even Google's telling us this by doing by removing this this keyword data in there. That this isn't the metric anymore. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay, you know what? We got about five minutes before we got to go to next break. So uh, let's play it off something fast. Um, uh, I hope this is something fast. Okay, so Google or uh, Matt cuts again comes out and uh, mentions or he's the spokesman. What, do you, what can you say? Quoted by uh, that fellow Barry Schwartz, that guy Barry Schwartz. Um, apparently, twenty-five to thirty percent of the web's content is duplicate content, and that's just fine. So, all you folks out there who've been like you know freaking out over every. Every like you know vowel and consonant of duplicate content. Chill, seriously. Matt from California says chill. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, a heck of a lot of web content is uh, well duplicate and for a bunch of different reasons. People pull quotes from other pages, you know, attributed quotes. Um, there's a lot of corporate websites out there with evergreen corporate culture and or evergreen corporate content. Doesn't matter if you're in Fort Lauderdale or uh, Florida or Topeka, Kansas. Evergreen corporate content is evergreen corporate content, right? Right. Um, so anyway, Matt Matt Cutts is saying there's a number of reasons there may be duplicate content out there, and Google actually takes all incidents of, of duplicate content and clusters it, and then draws the best result of you know pages or, or sites or documents that contain that kind of content. And I'm sure there's a lot of regionalization, um, localization, and personal habit stuff that gets you know um, uh, worked into how Google calculates those results. Definitely. Um, one of the things, and, and, and I'm sure you've worked on e-commerce sites, I'm sure a lot of our listeners oh, have absolutely. too. Um, to me, and, and, and one reason that I... I I sort of go, ooh, like, I hope people don't think this isn't an issue. Because um, one of the big causes, and, and I know you know this on large scale, different kinds of filtering and this and that e-commerce sites is, you get the duplicate content up, I'm sorting by price, I'm sorting by, right? Like where you end up with multiple different URLs with fundamentally the same content on it, it's just sorted in different ways, alphabetically, price low to high, price high to low, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's interesting. Do, uh, do I feel confident that Google understands what's going on there and isn't going to penalize me for it? Heck yeah. And I would say that's probably a, a large chunk of the duplicate content that's on the web just because it, it blooms out into so many pages all the time. Well, My concern... Happens. 
Oh, okay. So yeah. you're concerned. You're concerned. No, no, go for it. Go for it. My, my big concern there is if people are placated and go, well, Matt says it's not a problem, so it's, it's not a problem, isn't actually the, the penalty side of things. It's that each one of these pages is, is di- diluting um, your sort of page rank, right? I mean, to, to go to, you know, let's talk internal, not green bar page rank, yeah, but yeah, yeah, each yeah. time you link, page rank is passing. If we don't address this and use canonical or, or somehow adjust the way the URLs function, now all of a sudden, the weight that we could be dumping all onto the main first listing page or, or you know, your all products page or whatever using canonical, all of a sudden that's diluted across all of these pages with really no value. Um, you know, no core value because well, I don't know. Right. This, 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 what, what, what you'd be creating here because Google Google uh, follows the drop down link, or Google will say uh, will will trigger the rank by price, rank by location, rank by whatever in in your list of product, right? Um, and that's a never ending loop. So you're really diluting that page rank value to, I mean, really to the the finite splitting of hairs. So Google ignores it. Like Google knows well, and that. Google knows uh, it triggered well, it. Google knows they triggered it. My concern, and you know, like like all things in SEO, right? It's just a checkbox of okay, I know this isn't a problem now, right? Like, I, I is this like a silver bullet? Nope. But if I check that off, I know it's not a problem. Is as that page rank starts cascading out using you know because it's following next buttons or this button or or like you know the little hyperlink that goes to like ones that start with A or ones that are under five hundred dollars. Um, you know, as it starts passing that way to cross. It's, land, it's passing weight to a page with really no value for, from an SEO standpoint because it's not going to rank. Google knows that it shouldn't rank because it's not the core page, but yet it's filtered this strength off, and it's not really passing it back. I view it as sort of a weird form of, of um, page rank evaporation, right, where it's passing weight to pages that will never rank of their own. And so, I mean, all it is is just canonical them all back to the core. I mean, you know, this is stuff you would do, I would do before Matt said this. I just hope that... Um, you know, people don't read this and go, okay, well, you know, this isn't an issue. It is. It's not an issue in the duplicate content way, but we were pretty sure it wasn't anyway. Otherwise, Amazon would be screwed. (laughs) But what it is an issue of is we need to make sure that we're funneling all the strength to the pages that need it um, because we want to put as much weight on the page that we're actually sitting there writing good descriptions for and stuff because, you know, you're probably not writing descriptions, let's be honest, you know, nice little, like, for each different permutation of, you know, one's under $25, one's between 25 and $50, you are probably not customizing each one of these, um, you know, on a site with a million products or something like that. So, um, you know, just making sure. So it, it's one of those cases, and we've seen them a lot, and we'll keep seeing them again, right, where it's like, understand what Matt's meaning here, but understand that your SEO may know, you know, some sort of problems <laughs> if you just follow it to the letter. Because there's collateral issues that, that may happen, and I, I'm sure you do too. I get that a lot when Matt opens his mouth, and I'm like, oh no, clients who are looking for the easy way out are going to listen to what he says here and not understand what they're actually doing. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, Dave, on that, I'm afraid we have to take a break. We're uh, 15 minutes away from end of show and beginning of the Christmas break. So, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedrick, you always be listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We're coming up with our third segment after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. 
Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. And a pitch. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center, host of Cyber Law and Business Report, wishing you all a happy holiday and happy and safe new year. And remember, you don't need a lawyer to tell you, don't drink and drive. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here at webmasterradio.fm. It's the 19th of December, 2013. And Dave, I got to tell you, you know what I like most about the Christmas season? What's that? Presents? Our, uh, no. Presents, yes. <laughs> no, introduction music played for our show. That was really nice. Just mellow and relaxing. There you go. Uh, we have Leona Boyd um, in our in our studio. Uh, most people don't know that, but she's been looking for work, so we hired her. Um, okay, so we're uh, we are ten minutes away for as far as I'm concerned 2013 being done for me as far as work is concerned so what are we going to talk about for the next 10 minutes what else happened in the in uh in 2013 um well there was you know what and we'll go to we'll go to Barry again but for the conclusion of, of this there was much ado through the entire thing on authorship like through through pretty much the entire year right. um and now now uh Barry 
uh, over at SE Roundtable, as, as I'm sure you know, and I'm not going to draw any conclusions from what he's saying here, um, going, uh, are they reducing its value? He's saying yes. Uh, a lot of the year was spent pushing this idea of the importance of, of authorship um, and its importance, uh, you know, and, and, and its, its impact on, on results. I don't know about you. Of course, I can only speak from from you know my own my own you know core ideas here. To me, authorship gets you an image link, right, or gets you an image beside it that improves click through rates quite dramatically, like double digit levels. So you do it, right? It's one of those great ones. I love SEO when it hits scenarios like this, where it's like, did it reduce in its direct impact? Uh, maybe, maybe not. You know, we can debate that later, but. At the end of the day, I still need to do it because it improves click-through rates. And click-through yeah. rates improve rankings. So, <laughs> at its so. core, um, you know, it, 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 it's important. And I love those SEO ones where it's like, you know what, whether this individual point is right or wrong, I still need to do this thing because it's still a good thing to do. Well, um, and in I, this case, I'm inclined to agree with you. We often, we often talk about causation and correlation. And Sometimes with Google, you've got to, or with search engines, you just have to put up with stuff that you can't really, you know, you can't say this is going to improve my rank directly. But as you just said, Dave, it uh, improves improves click-through rate and may well improve time on site as people take it a little bit more seriously and read the whole article. Yeah. And that is a direct, you know, the, the time on site and the more click-throughs, those are direct ranking Facts. Well, indeed, and we can debate, you know, I've always believed, and maybe this is one of the factors that would have lightened that, um, you know, the fact that I write on our blog, and the fact that my profile is also associated with Search Engine Watch, and, you know, other, you know, places that have a lot of trust to them, does that impact my ability on my blog? Like, does that trust pass over to me? Hey, obviously, he's a decent blogger because he's over here, here, and here, too, and we trust these places already to pick good bloggers. Um, does that pass? Maybe that portion of things is lightened. Sure, maybe, I, you know, we can, we can, we can debate that all, all we like, but... Um, yeah, when you can talk to any client and go, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but what I do know is, regardless, we need to do this. I mean, and what a great, that's not even marking a checklist off. That's just like, this will improve your visibility. And heck, what client doesn't like to see their face showing up in the search results? Well, uh, I have at, a few, but. <laughs> at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, I gotta, I, one of the reasons I think that they're pulling, it feels like they're pulling back on authorship is they never really knew what they wanted to do with it in the first place. Remember right. that debate we had on the show, I think it was a month ago, six weeks ago, um, who should you attribute authorship to? Actually, you know what, Dave, I think you might have been away. You might have been, you might have been on a business trip when we had this, when you had this conversation uh, on Webcology. Where do you attribute authorship? Say you've written, written material for your client. They've paid you for it. Who should get authorship, the writer or the client? Right. We should get that benefit. There was a great debate on Webcology. It was uh, actually, I quite enjoyed the debate. And that made me think that maybe Google didn't really know what it wanted to do with this product. You know, right. it introduced something, it threw it out there in the ecosystem, and it said it'll have this effect, this effect, this effect. But they weren't very clear on for whom it was meant and for what it was meant and, for, and what it would affect, etc. Now, there's debate out there. Because as far as I'm concerned, authorship is a form of property. 
I made that. Even if I sold yeah. it, I, that's still my talent, and that's the only thing I have to 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 to, to broker. Well, you're 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 entirely right, and I think it also will will depend on you know very very much like a link would is. Is it dissipating? Is it reducing? Well, it depends what metrics, to me, again, this is, this is opinion, that you're going to end up looking at. Do I think that a site like Huffington Post, right, or, or you know, major sites, do I think that if they add Rel equals author to Jim Hedger, that that's going to actually assign to you some additional trust as an author, so when you blog? Sure. Now, would that mean that, hey, they went out and assumed this was always a good thing at the beginning of Rel equals author and then have sort of started tailoring it? Yeah, so this is a case where we can see metrics that may decline, but it's just that it's not that they're reducing its value, it's that they're learning how to attribute the trust to different sites and sort of going, well, you know, maybe let's link it to our internal page rank for a little bit and assume that, like, Huffington Post is a strong site, so, hey, the Rel equals author tag is worth more there than it is over here because we tried a level playing field and that didn't work. Um, you know, sort of, sort of going that angle. I think there's lots of different ways things can work. That's how I know I would do it if I were them, right? Sort of go, okay, you know, let's let's assume that this is a great site, so... Um, you know, we're gonna this uh, this authorship is worth more than than somebody else's authorship. Now, if, uh, if written for the Huffington Post, that would read: Google assumed we were a great site, and you won't believe what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest pet peeve of 2013. By the way, is how we have just so utterly dumbed down the expression of information. And I'm not saying the Huffington Post is dumbed down information. It's certainly not. But the headlines used in social media by the HuffPost, by Slate.com, by the Globe and Mail, by the New York Times, they're getting dumbed down for clickability, but not for expressing information. You know, right. it's, it, it drives me crazy. You, you know what? I'm going to side with you on that, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I think it avoids that. Hey, I just read a title and the like twenty words that accompanied it. Hey, I, I have enough information to formulate a, a full opinion on this. <laughs> it's like okay, but actually at the same time, now I actually got to click through and maybe get some access to information because I'm not able to come up with a full conclusion on the you know whopping twenty word summary that I've okay, now got. Okay, <laughs> so, so, so so the corollary is the New York Times wrote a crappy headline and you won't believe what happened. <laughs> okay, we're three minutes away. We would be remiss. We would be idiots. Like the biggest tech news story of the year, in, in my opinion, and I'm curious if you, if you agree. I think it's got to be Edward Snowden and the revelations about the NSA. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh. Um, just a hallmark of the power of of social and information, and how you know. A lot of people were concerned with how far away from the rule of law mm. a number of our intelligence services had gone. Mm -hmm. One person, one person with the you know veracity of sentiment, he's now being he's now being called a whistleblower rather than a traitor in the, in American courts. That that's something that, that you know came out uh, earlier this week. Um, has made the entire world aware. And it's not just the Americans doing it. It just happened to be a fellow working for an American contractor who had the goods on, you know, American spying. It's not to say the Germans or the Canadians or the Argentinians or whomever aren't doing it too. But Snowden exposed to the world how terribly exposed the world is. 
Yeah, and I'm sure like like me, my biggest surprise with all of that was how surprised everybody was. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. I don't know. He came out and I kind of went, uh-huh, like, good to have it confirmed, kind of, but... Uh-huh. Well, it, it was spelled out in the Patriot Act. There's no question about that. What yeah. was going to happen was there in black and white, but the extent it was going to happen, and that, you know... It's not just happening to the bad guys. It's happening to you and me and my mom and my neighbor. That's the thing that freaked people out. Yeah, which is the generic approach that was being taken um, to the whole thing. I'm not surprised. None of it surprised me. But um, you're right. It, it is. It's one thing to think it could be happening. It, it is another thing to go. Okay, you you actually are sniffing every packet on its way around the world. Um, no, to dude, find out a, what I'm doing. No, it's just something I got a cold. That's, that's, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that, it is five minutes to the hour. We're moving towards news here on webmasterradio.fm. Dave, this is our last show of 2013. Is there anything you, you want to say on the way out? A buckle up and good luck. <laughs> that's on behalf of Dave Davies uh, from Beanstalk SEO. That's Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Jim at DigitalAlwaysMedia.com. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, drive safely, don't drink and drive, be smart, arrive alive, love your neighbors, love your family, we love you, thank you for a wonderful 2013, we will talk to you early next year. Lights are turn way down low, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.